Our dear Pastor Angelo is sick this morning, along with Jeanette. So um, you came to see Star Wars, you get uh, Avatar this morning. (laughs) It's good to see everyone. You can never determine the weather here in San Diego, but we're glad to see everyone here and that even though we had a little drizzle, that we were still able to to gather and worship Christ. I just want to begin with a little story. When I was in grade school, I really enjoyed uh, reading these little series of books called Choose Your Own Adventure. I don't know if some of you old enough remember that. Mike's raising his hand. <laughs> but the thing about it I enjoyed about these these series of books was you could decide the outcome of the story simply by skipping to a a page right it says uh if you want to choose to to fly the spaceship go to page 100 if you want to choose to drive the car go to page 110 and depending on where you were on that page would determine so man i want to drive a spaceship so Choose a page 100, right? So you could de- you could determine the outcome by simply selecting the page to your liking. Similarly and sadly, these stories are a picture of today's man-centered false gospel. Where man picks and chooses what he wants to believe. Right? Our HFGs have been watching this video called The American Gospel... And sadly enough, this story is similar to the church's, the American gospel that characterizes the gospel that are preached in most churches today. It's a similar story where man picks and chooses what he wants to believe or even twisting the truth, the word of God to his liking. It's a sin. It's against God's will. And his commands for your life. They are, they're in stark contrast to the biblical perspective of what a true disciple is. Stark contrast. Christ says, this is true discipleship. And it's outlined in my word. And this morning we get to read what discipleship is according to Jesus. Praise the Lord that he gives us direction. We don't have to go by the whims of the culture or listen to a repackaged version of heresies that the church have dealt with in the past. We have God's word that is living and active and speaks directly to you this morning about what a disciple is. Discipleship according to Jesus. That's what we're looking at this morning. Why don't we turn to our passage, Luke chapter 9, verse 23. We're going to be looking at verses 23 and 26 through 26. Luke chapter 9, 23 and 26, and it reads this. And he was saying to them all, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily, And follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake 
He is the one who will save it. For what is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But I say to you, therefore, there are some of those standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. What we see here is that man apart from Christ, man in his sin is controlled by his personal lusts of his flesh, right? As we see in scriptures in Ephesians 2. So man is apart from Christ in his sin is controlled by the lust of his flesh. He'll follow whatever he, he he'll pick and choose how he wants to follow God. But it's clear in Scripture that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. There is no other way. And we must follow his, his perfect word. It clearly tells us what a true disciple of his is. And this is why he came. This is why Christ came. Christ came to save sinful man. To give him new life. To enable him to walk by his spirit and no longer for himself. So this is why God gave you this passage to show you that even though man is broken, sinful, rebellious, twisting God's word, picking and choosing what he wants to believe from the word of God, Christ came to redeem, to save sinful man. And he gave you this passage this morning so that you can know for certain whether or not you are a true disciple of his. And trust him alone if you're not. If you're not as true disciple and you realize, you come to realize this morning, wow, I'm not doing that. That you can come to him for true salvation. You can be his disciple this morning if you don't know him. That's the good news. Right? Though man has fallen, has sinned, has rebelled and twisted his word, Christ came to give you the truth. And the truth will set you free. So in this passage this morning, in Luke 9, God gives you three directives that you must follow so that you can know for certain that you are a true disciple of Christ and trust him alone for your salvation. The first directive that God gives you is found in verse 23, and that is to display the marks of a true disciple. Verse 23 says, And he was saying to them all, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. There's three aspects of the displaying the marks of a true disciple. First, you must deny yourself. The first mark of a true disciple is that you must deny yourself. It's clear. Den- denying yourself, what is, the true, what is the definition of denying yourself? Denying yourself is to disown your own depraved, sinful self, where you have this tendency to pick and choose what you want to, what you want to listen to in the Scriptures and say, you know what, I, I can't swallow this aspect of Scripture 
That's the American gospel today, is where they pick and choose and say, God, I can't, I can't swallow that he can be just and loving at the same time. He can. He's God. It says it in his scripture. You must swallow it. If you don't swallow it, you're not a true disciple. God is saying you must deny yourself. You have to fight that temptation to say, I'm going to pick and choose what I want to believe about Jesus. It's clear that he is the way, the truth, the life. There is no selection. He doesn't say, pick and choose what you want to believe about me. He says, no, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. There is no other way. Listen to my word. He's pleading with you this morning. You can't pick and choose what you want. Jesus outlines it clearly in the scriptures. You must deny yourself. Deny your sinful tendency. Your lust to follow your own depraved mind. And what you, what you fathom as your own perfect God. A God of your own imagination where you could do what you desire and follow your will. It's really a God of your own imagination. A God, it's you that's sitting on the throne. That you replace the one true God of Scripture with a God of your own liking. You must fight that and say, that's sin. That's going against the true Word of God. I can't pick and choose what I want to believe. I have to, I have to bow the knee to God. And what he says about his son, Jesus Christ. Just like we sang, right? When Satan tempts me to despair and tell me of the guilt within, what do you do? This is the gospel message that we just sang. Upward I look and I see him there, the one who paid for all my sin. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is satisfied. To look on him and pardon me. That's the gospel message. Christ came. He lived a perfect life because we and we followed a sinful, we chose to sin against a, a, a holy God. So God is holy. Man is sinful. But Jesus came so that a sinful, a sinner like you and me could come and say, because the sinless Savior died. My sinful soul can be counted free. You could be counted free this morning by looking at Jesus and Him alone for salvation. Those are sweet words. Those are sweet words to the believer. Cry out, right? Thank you. That's what you must do. Deny your, your tendency, your own sinful, disown it, disown your sin. Your depraved, sinful self. Give it up and com have complete dependence and confidence in Christ alone to save. If you don't have him this morning, abandon your desire, your sinful self, your sinful tendency to select your, your desires above him. Bow the knee. Acknowledge yourself as, as destitute, me, what, meaning that you're lacking and in need of Jesus. I'm destitute. My sinful soul, I'm a sin-filled sin creature. 
God, would you look upon him and pardon me? You're looking at yourself as impoverished or spiritually bankrupt where I'm, I'm in need, God. I need a Savior. I need Jesus. Your word says he is the way, the truth, the life. And no one can come to you but through him. So God, I acknowledge just the way you look at me, I agree with you that I am spiritually bankrupt and I need Jesus. Is that you this morning? Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is near to the broken heart. If you see yourself as spiritually bankrupt, this is what Psalm 34 says. The Lord is near to the broken heart. Are you broken by the truth that God tells you you are spiritually bankrupt? And he says, he is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in, your, in spirit. Are you crushed by your sin? Are you realizing that you have no hope apart from him? Well, he will be near to you if you repent. And you say, God, I've been, I've been a rebel. I've been following my own desire. And I've been picking and choosing and even twisting your word to align with my evil desires and sins. Bow to him this morning, and he'll be near to you. He'll forgive you and wipe away every sin. Right? When, when Satan tempts you to despair, you could look right, and see him there, the one who made an end to every sin. You just need to trust in him. Trust in him this morning. So that's the first mark of a true disciple. Is to de- you must deny yourself. Secondly, the verse goes on, he must deny himself. Secondly, and take up his cross. You must take up your cross. What does it mean to take up your cross? The definition of the cross represents a horrible suffering pain, and death. It was an unforgettable symbol and a common method of execution in Christ's day by the Romans. In Palestine during the first century, when Christ said to anyone who would follow him, take up your cross, they knew exactly what he meant. Because the cross meant a horrible suffering, pain, and death that the Romans inflicted against its enemies. If you recall, Christ hung on a cross. He was nailed to the cross on his hands and his feet. And what it symbolized is a slow Horrible, painful death. So it was clear when Christ mentioned the cross to take up your cross, everyone knew what he was talking about. He meant there needs to be a willingness. You need to be willing to endure hatred, hostility, rejection, 
persecution, shame, and even death of yourself. For his sake. Even to risk safety for his sake. Are you willing to... to are, or are you ashamed of Christ? The mark of a true disciple is that he takes up his cross. He's willing to take on shame, rejection, hostility for the sake of Christ. Are you... Do you claim to be a Christian... A true Christian is willing. It's taking up that cross daily. When you wake up daily, you do routine things. You're ready to do the same routine daily. A, Christ, a true Christian, this is his routine. He takes up the cross and is ready to take the shame, ridicule, and rejection that Christ endured. When you go to work, are you making a stand for Jesus when the truth is spoken of? I mean, the, the, the sin is spoken of and the false gospel is spoken of. Are you making a stand for Jesus and saying, actually, Jesus says this. What you're saying is not right. What you're saying is a false gospel that he never spoke about. Let me share with you what Jesus actually says in the scriptures. Are you doing that when you go to work? When you go into your classroom, when you're playing sports on your teams, when you're going to the coffee shop, or when you're, when you're enjoying friendship with those you meet in the community, or are you being quiet and passing up those opportunities? A Christian isn't perfect, right? But a true mark of a disciple is that he has a desire to take on the shame for the sake of Christ, the ridicule, the persecution, because Jesus is worth it. Jesus is the treasure that we have as Christians, that you have as a Christian, if you know him personally this morning, that you could share with a lost world that believes their own twisted idea of what it means to, to be a, a follower of Jesus. But you hold the truth. You hold the answer, which is Jesus and Jesus alone. Are you ready? Are you willing? Are you taking those opportunities when they arise? Because the true mark of a disciple is that he takes up his cross. He's willing to identify himself. He or she is willing to identify him or herself with Jesus. John fourteen fifteen says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Do you love Jesus? Are you actually keeping? You could tell. That's a mark of a true disciple is that you're keeping his commandments. When he says... Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations. Are you doing that? Are you making a stand? Or are you cowering because I don't want to ruffle any feathers? I don't want to associate and, and stir the water here because I'm outnumbered. I don't want to be looked at. I, don't, I want to be accepted by everybody. 
A true disciple is whatever, Lord. Whatever, Lord, go. He says, go therefore, and you're obeying that. You're saying, my commander, my savior has commanded me to go and proclaim to a lost world. There is no other way. I must share Jesus, even if it means ridicule on myself. Let me bear and identify with him because he is worthy. He is worthy. Or is it just a Sunday thing, right? Where you're, you come here and you'll, you put on your Sunday Christian suit and it's just here. But during the week, that comes off and you put on the week suit, right? The Monday through Friday suit where Christ is not even mentioned when there's opportunity. When someone is blatantly sharing a false gospel and you have the opportunity to point him in the right direction. Own Christ. A true disciple owns Christ. He identifies himself with the ridicule and shame. Is there evidence in your life of a, a consistent desire and pattern to follow him and even take on the ridicule, shame, hostility, and hatred that the world... Because this is not... This is going against the grain. Right? Our culture wants to pick and choose what... They want to choose their own adventure with, with Jesus. And they think it ends in the, in the same place, right? They think it all leads to peace with God, but it doesn't. Only Christ... Just read John 14, 6. I am the way. There is no plural to that. The is singular. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me, Jesus says. So that's another mark. First, you must deny yourself. Second, you must Take up your cross. And the third mark is you must follow Christ. The, what's the definition of following Christ? It's, pre, it's in the present tense. You follow him, like I said, on a daily basis. You, you, you pick up that cross and follow him daily. Just as you brush your teeth and go to work or go to school on a daily basis. You're ready and willing to follow him in the present, in the now, today. When you leave here and when you start work tomorrow or you start school, your desire is to proclaim him whenever there's opportunity. That's following him. And then when sin tries to creep in and, and tempt you, you're saying no. And you're saying, I'm following Jesus. I'm not going to follow the culture that says that I could follow Jesus any way I please and believe the scripture selections that I like and I could swallow. The culture says I only pick and choose and, and, and believe and follow what, what I could swallow. 
But you you have to follow him and not follow your own agenda. Following him means I don't have an agenda. There's many Marines here this morning that understand that. Their life is not their own. They go where the Marine Corps tells them to go. Tell them to go to 29 Palms. They're there. They tell them to come back to Camp Pendleton. They're back in Camp Pendleton the following week. They tell them to work 14-hour days. They work 14-hour days. Tell them to work 12-hour days. They're working 12-hour days. They tell them to work 14-hour days. They go back to 14, right? We've heard the stories, and they could, in, they could, they could relate. Same as the Christian. Following Jesus is not following him the way you want to follow him. If a Marine were, were to give, be given an order and go against it, they'd say, you've worked 14 hours. I said, no, I think I'm going to work 10 today. They would be court-martialed and put in the brig because they are going against their commanding officer. They are not their own. They are, they are under the command of the United States of America, the government, the president, the commanding officer. And they do what their, their commanding officers tell them. Well, for the Christian, your commanding officer is Jesus. And he says, a, a true disciple follows me. He doesn't follow himself. What he thinks is right in his own mind. He follows Jesus and hangs on to every word that he says, not on what the culture is saying, not what is popular in the church scene today, but what is unpopular. Speaking of the cross and Jesus alone as the hope for sinners like you. So follow him. Display the marks of a true disciple by denying yourself, taking up your cross, and following after him. That is the first directive, to display the marks of a true disciple. The second directive is to marvel the mystery of true discipleship found in verse 24 and 25. In these verses, it's a mystery. You can't comprehend it, right? Because, and that's the excuse that our culture has today, is that I can't swallow it, so I'm going to just abandon it. Our culture says there is no, no truth. But actually, Jesus outlines it clearly. There is truth. He is the truth. He is the way, the truth, the life. You must follow his way. Even though you don't quite completely understand it. Verse 24 says, For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. For what does a man profit it if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? When you read that, you're like, how does that work, God? says for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it god you're saying in order for me to save my life i need to lose i need to lose it 
right off. It doesn't make sense. But it's God's word, and you must trust it, right? It's not a blind leap of faith, nor is it self-confidence in knowing that, yeah, what you know, I'm going to rest on my own understanding of it. It's understanding and trusting in God's word and his word alone and saying, God, you mention it, you speak of it, so I need to trust it. That's faith. It's not trusting on your best understanding of it. It's not blind leap of faith, just diving headlong and not... It's reading the scripture and trusting what he says is, a tr- is true discipleship. This is true discipleship. In order to save your life, you need to be willing to lose your life. Okay. What's the definition? He's saying the only way for you, the lost sinner, to be saved from eternal punishment in hell is to, ex- to experience the abandonment of everything for him, for Jesus Christ. Are you willing to completely abandon everything to follow Jesus? When Jesus called his, his disciples, his apostles, he said, Come follow me. And they dropped everything. They dropped their livelihood. They dropped their their nets, their fishing nets. They dropped their tax gathering. They dropped all that they, they, they thought was of value. And they went and followed after him. Are you willing to do the same? Here's the explanation. The sinner is to understand... The, the, the priceless value of eternal life and eagerly rid yourself of anything that would be a barrier to that everlasting joy. The everlasting joy is Jesus. Are you willing to abandon everything, everything for his sake? He is the everlasting joy. The apostles understood that. Every disciple understands that Christ is everything. And will abandon it eagerly and say, those things are going to pass away. But Jesus, you're forever. You're the everlasting joy that I need. Remember when he met the woman at the well? And she was had sin, piled on sin in her life. But Jesus said, I, ha- I have water that you could drink of that you will never thirst again. Jesus gives you that everlasting joy. He's offering it to you this morning. Are you willing to lose your life, your own personal aspirations? Are you willing to abandon what this world is telling you will bring you happiness and joy? Because this world, on social media, on your phone, you're bombarded. Even your, your, your co-workers, your teammates, your classmates are telling you that you, you need to follow this. All these voices are telling you what to follow. The television shows you watch, the radio advertisements that you hear in your car. They're telling you what was going to bring you joy. But it's a false joy. It's a temporary joy. Jesus gives you everlasting joy this morning. He gives you the water where you will never thirst again. 
Are you willing to abandon everything for, for him? That's what a true disciple does. They say, Lord, in order for me to have life is to ab- abandon and lose my, my, what I think in my, in my own mind is going to bring me joy and happiness. You have to abandon that American dream, right? The American dream is to, that I need to go to school and study hard so I could get a good job. So that I could buy a nice house with a white picket fence and have X amount of a wife and a, a X amount of children and then drive and have a, 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 a two-car garage or more. And that's going to bring me joy in this world. That's what the world is telling you is the American goal. But Jesus says that is all a lie. That will bring you temporary joy. Of course, those things aren't, aren't bad or, or sinful. But if that is what you're seeking for your joy, that's a false joy that will only last temporarily. Everlasting joy is only found in Jesus. And he's asking you this morning for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. Are you willing to say, Lord, I... I I abandon that, those, those, those selfish desires, because I want true joy that only you could provide. Would you give me that this morning? And he will give that to you. If you, you abandon it for him and you say, God, I've been, I've been making that my goal. Things you've created, I've been placing more priority and more importance in my life than you who is the source of everlasting joy. That's sin. And if that's the case in your life, bow the knee and he'll wash those sins away. He died on the cross so that you could have life, life in him. Just to bow the knee. Ask God to forgive your sin. He'll forgive you. And he'll give you new desires and he'll help you walk with him. That's what it means to follow Christ. That's what it means to marvel the mystery of true discipleship. Is to lose your life in order to save it. But it's not according to what you're thinking will save your life. Your possessions, your relationships. It's It's a relationship with Jesus and Jesus alone. That's going to give you, that's going to prove you're a true disciple of his when Christ is your treasure above everything else. Matthew thirteen forty four. let me share this verse. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again. And from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field again. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls and upon finding one pearl of great value he went and sold all that he had and bought it the point of these parables of the treasures hidden in the field and the pearl of great price in which the, uh, the treasure and the pearl were only acquired when when the man sold everything that he owned to acquire it right? because he found the true treasure 
He is willing to abandon everything. I'm going to abandon this and that because I, I discovered the true treasure. The true treasure is found in Christ. Are you still seeking your own treasures? That you're missing the mark each time you seek your own. Jesus has pointed to himself as the true treasure. Abandon everything for him. Is that your desire? Tell him this morning. Lord, I realize you're the true treasure. I need to stop relying and thinking of all my possessions, my relationships, as the things that will give me peace and happiness and joy in this world. Those things are like the kingdom of heaven, he says, is like treasure, treasure hidden in the field. Christ clearly tells you this morning, he is the treasure. He is the true treasure. Seek after him. And let me ask you this morning, is there anything that you are withholding from him this morning? That is a barrier to the joy that's found only in him. Is the, Are there barriers? Are you still holding on for dear life for that one thing that you think is going to bring you joy? That's not true discipleship. True discipleship is seeing Christ as valuable, as worthy of praise, as worthy of following and denying yourself and taking up the cross. You see him as, he's my only hope. When Jesus asked when his, his apostles, or you want to go as well with the rest of the crowds and abandon me? He's, they turned and said, Lord, where else will we go? You have the words of eternal life. Is that your attitude this morning? Where you realize, Jesus, you're, you hold the, the truth. You have the words of eternal life. Why would I want to go anywhere else? If that's your attitude this morning, praise the Lord. Right? If you're a believer this morning, keep serving. Keep trusting. Keep clinging to Christ. Actually, He's clinging to you right, and sustaining you. But have, are you this morning realizing, I don't, I'm not doing that. Well, bow the knee. Repent. Basically, what repent means is to... Confess. Say, God, that's not me this morning, but I know you're the true treasure. Help me to bow my knee to you and not to myself. Not Help, help me to take myself off the throne that you, des- that you deserve. You need to be on top of my life and everything else needs to revolve around you. If you're that person this morning, confess your sin. And say, God, I realize I've been sinning this whole time. Would you forgive me? And help me to deny myself. Take up your cross, God, and follow you. And he will help you. He will give you his spirit. And he'll give you praises after where you're like, thank you for saving me. And you're, you're, you're willing to come to church. You're willing to... Learn more about him and learn how to walk and serve him daily.
If that's you this morning, ask Him to forgive you. He will. He will grant you forgiveness and He will grant you a new life in Him, in Christ. So, you must marvel the mystery of true discipleship and you also must marvel another sub-point under this, this is that you must marvel the value of eternity. Jesus He's asking a rhetorical question, right? He's saying, assume for a minute, assume for the sake of argument that you could possess the entire world. And that everything your passions hunger for, you, you had it. Everything that your eyes coveted and your, that you desired was yours. What would it profit you, he says in verse 25, if, if you forfeited your soul? What, what would it profit you? It doesn't. All the accumulation of the toys that you think will bring you peace right, and joy. Don't you find yourself when you, ha- when you accumulate something? The next minute, you're already looking for something else to bring satisfaction to your life, right? Man, I I acquired what I have. You got that Amazon box, <laughs> right? Because you've been waiting all week for a Prime to get there, right? But actually, maybe it got there sooner than 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 later. And then, as soon as you open it, you find yourself looking at Amazon again. It's because those the things of the world don't satisfy. Read Ecclesiastes. King Solomon, right? He acquired whatever his heart desired. And yet he said, vanity of vanities. All is vanity. And if, you're, if that's you this morning, you're looking in the wrong place. Right? Christ is the treasure. You have all that you need in him. You have all that you need in him. So marvel at the value of eternity in Christ over what you presently see on this earth that are shiny, are attractive, but yet lack the peace and joy that you're looking for that can only be found in Him. 1 John 2 verse 16 says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. The world is passing away, and also its lust. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. This world think it was flooding you with, you're going to find joy in this or that. So you need it. Why don't you purchase it, right? Why don't you pursue this relationship? This will give you the joy you're looking for. But when it arrives and you have it, you realize it doesn't give me joy. It's because you're looking at in the wrong place. It says, but the one who does the will of God in this verse lives forever. There's everlasting joy in Jesus and Him alone. So follow Him. Follow Him. There's a... Uh, Famous illustration. You might know it. It's the seashell illustration. 
that Piper shared in a famous sermon that he gave at a Passion One conference in 2000. And it was a story, right? It was a story of a couple, a retired couple. And they now live in um, Florida, where they they live on a on a boat, and they spend their days, you know, trawling on the boat, playing softball and collecting shells, and that's a tragedy, right? Because the American dream, right? The American dream is to do this: retire at a at a good age, go to Florida or California. Play softball, trawl in your your, uh, retirement boat, and collect seashells. But that's a tragedy. Because people today are spending billions of dollars to persuade you to to embrace this this lie. This is a lie. That this, this will bring you peace. Don't buy it. Because you think about it. This is the American dream. You have a nice car, you have a a nice house, a nice job, a nice family, a nice retirement. Collecting shells as the last chapter before you stand before the creator of the universe to give an account of what you did for him. And then you say, here it is, Lord, my shell collection. I've got a nice boat for you to look at. Is that something that he's going to that's not going to get you anywhere what he's what he's demanding of you what a true disciple is is that you own Christ that I need to abandon all my my aspirations in this life and seek after the true treasure which is the son of god Remember in the scriptures where he says, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this and that in your name? And he said, for I ne- uh, depart from me, for I never knew you. Right? You need to bow the knee and say, God, I'm, I've, I've sinned. I need your son, Jesus, to wash me from my sin. When you agree with him that you are a sinner and you're in need of Christ and you have a desire to follow him for the rest of your days, he says and he, he will forgive you your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness and allow you to walk in his spirit today, walk with Christ today. That's a true, that's a promise for you in the scriptures. Don't hold on to your seashells or whatever you're pursuing. Hold on to Christ. Cling to him and him alone. So that's the second mark of true discipleship. The first one is that you must display the marks of true discipleship. Secondly, you must marvel the mystery of true true discipleship. And the third directive is to fear the misery of false disciples. You must identify false disciples. It says in verse 26, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in glory 
and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. You must identify false disciples. In this verse it says, the definition to be ashamed is in the context of, which means to reject, despise, find unacceptable. And Jesus is saying, this is a false disciple. A false disciple is one who rejects, despises, and finds Jesus unacceptable. Is that you this morning? Where you're selecting and choosing and saying, I can't swallow that about Jesus. You're a false disciple. You're deceiving yourself. Jesus makes it very clear. And he, he's, he's telling you, you should be fearful of your state. If you are rejecting, despising, and finding him an unacceptable, he says that he will be ashamed of you. Right? You will be the one, he says, depart from me, for I never knew you. Because you've picked and choosed and even twisted his, his direct command when it's very clear that he's saying, I'm, I'm the treasure. Bow the knee. That's the definition. Is that you this morning? Such people are proud of what they should be ashamed of. Their glory is their shame. Right? Philippians 3.18 says, For many walk of whom I often told you, and now tell of you weeping, that they are enemies of the cross, whose end, is, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. That's the, the American gospel. The gospel that says, I mock God because I can't swallow that he can be just and loving and that he has to send Jesus to die in order for me to, to go to heaven. Why can't he why can't he just save everybody? And they totally abandon that sin must be paid for. That sin can't just be swept under the rug and everything's sin demands a payment just like we do in our justice system today. Breaking the law demands a payment, right? If someone were to murder your loved one and the judge were to say, community service will, will, will wipe away and be adequate for the crime committed. That's injustice and you would cry out, that's an evil judge. Murder of my loved one will not be paid by community service of the, the offender. God doesn't sweep your sin under the rug. It must be paid for somehow. Either by you in eternity paying for your own sin because you're unrepentant of it and you will not bow the knee to Christ. Or it could, it could be on Christ, which he did. He took on the sins of man and he paid for it on the cross. And they're completely paid for. For all who believe and trust in Him and Him alone for salvation. Are you rejecting that? Well, bow the knee this morning. 
If you don't, you're a false disciple. You're deceiving yourself and you're in great need. So you should fear your misery and, and bow the knee to him this morning. So bow the knee if you're currently rejecting, despising, and finding Christ unacceptable. So identify f- false disciples, and lastly, you must point false disciples to the, to the only hope. In closing, I want to point you, if that's the case, if you're rejecting, despising, and finding Christ unacceptable, I want to tell you, the Bible tells you you are wrong, and that your only hope is in Jesus Christ. And I plead with you this morning to confess your sin. Bow the knee and, and follow him and him alone. Don't, don't pick and choose or twist his truth, his commands that are clear in the scriptures. Follow him. Christians are not ashamed of Christ and his word. The promise to those who are ashamed of themselves and their sin who boast only in the cross, is that God will redeem them and grant them forgiveness and eternal life. The wonderful truth is that Jesus is not ashamed to call these folks brethren, right? Those that are not ashamed of Jesus, that identify themselves as sinners, lawbreakers, and that my only hope is in Jesus, and I gladly accept him. I gladly embrace His free gift of eternal life. Lord, give it to me. Wash me. Cover me in the blood of Jesus that will wash away my sins and give me everlasting joy. And allow me, a sinner, to stand in the presence of a holy God. Jesus is not ashamed to call that sinner his brother. And God is not ashamed to be called their God in Hebrews 11.16. That's a truth that could apply to you this morning. If you are a hater, if, you are, if you're realizing, man, I've been hating Christ, God is not ashamed to call you brother if you bow the knee to him this morning. So do you display the marks of a true disciple? <clears throat> do you marvel the mystery of true discipleship and do you fear the misery of false disciples? then you are a true disciple. If not, bow the knee. Confess your sin. Ask Christ to wash you and cover you with his blood, and he will. Why don't we pray? Father, we thank you for Christ, who in, in him alone is found true joy, everlasting peace, and, Lord, reconciliation for, for a ruined life of sin. Lord, I just pray if there's one out there that is realizing this for the first time this morning, that they would bow the knee. They could be covered by his blood as they acknowledge their sin, confess it to you. Lord, you, you will grant them eternal life, the free gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus. So we thank you. Thank you for your word. May you, uh, Lord, just bless our time now as we take your, your, your table in the Lord. Jesus' name we pray. Amen.